Hello, this is From Gay to Z, and it is great to have you back if you have listened to our previous episodes. And if this happens to be your first time, then welcome. My name is Stu Oakley, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm here with my queer parenting partner in crime, Lottie Jess. She goes by she or they pronouns. Hello, we hope you enjoy today's episode because it's going to be a bit of a different one. We decided that we would be selfish this week and keep it just about us, just how we like it. We don't get much of a chance to be selfish these days with kids. So we thought, you know what, we're just going to indulge our egos for one episode and uh, we're going to we're going to relish it, I feel. I mean, if there's one thing I know how to be, it's selfish. So that's fine by me. And also, to be honest, sick of sharing the limelight with those other guests. Oh, yeah. We've had on. Monroe Bergdorf are boring. Oh, God. Joking. Love. Joking, joking, obviously. Um, Actually, we have had some brilliant guests, though, haven't we? We've had Monroe Bergdorf, who was actually fantastic. The very sexy actor Ben Aldridge, Kathy Ray, the very sexy disabled activist, John Mars. Now I feel like I have to say everyone's really sexy, or if I say someone's not, they're gonna be <laughs> John okay. is sexy. Everyone's sexy really sexy. Author John Mars. John, the amazing John Mars, and Susie Ruffle, who I think we can all agree is sex on legs. Very sexy Susie. Hello, Susie. Yeah, we love her. I've loved talking to everyone, and I also just love talking to you, Stu. We always have a oh, nice catch-up, and you. I like to know what's happening in your life. We do. And, we do. you know, on that note, like, what's been going on? You don't even want to hear about who I like. Well, not really. Show. I mean, that's just rude, isn't it, really, listener? I mean, she's channeling her full selfish mode right now. It's fine. No, go on, tell me who did you like. <laughs> I love them all, like my children. I don't have a favourite. I just maybe wish maybe we could go back and do Ben Aldridge in real life, maybe. (laughs) Just sit really close to him. With a drink (laughs) and, you know, get the smell, because I bet he smells good. Oh, I bet he does. I bet he does smell good. Stu, how has your life been? (laughs) What's been going on? (laughs) Other than being really annoying, which um, (laughs) we weren't necessarily going to talk about on the podcast, (laughs) but I feel suddenly compelled to bring it up on the podcast, which is that we had somebody accidentally send a message to me that I think was meant for a friend forwarding one of our posts from from gay to z to her friend uh, but she accidentally sent it to me and in the message she said i find the people that do this podcast really annoying but this is quite an interesting post <laughs> so listener Thanks you find that. us annoying we do always ask for a review right we always ask for people to give their feedback And if the feedback is you think we're annoying, that's fine. I mean, we can't be everyone's cup of tea. And yeah, so apologies. If you're listening, which you're probably not, if you find As we said, we find ourselves annoying a lot of the time. I find myself annoying daily. I think the kids are finding me annoying all the time as well. Yeah, I know what you mean. My daughter's become very, her favourite thing to say is, yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh my God, yeah. My daughter's the same, just so eye-rolly. I'm like, Mama, stop it. She goes to me, don't do don't do that thing where you're like really proud of me and you clap loads and like say, well done, <laughs> just be cool. I'm like, all right, okay. I can't believe she says that. I know, That's but so then funny. if I don't do it, then she's like, okay, you can do it now. 
In what situation? In what situation is she like, asking you to do that? If she's doing like a, she she wants to sing us a song or something, she's like, "I'll sing it, but just don't do that thing afterwards where you like clap and say like, "Wow, you're so amazing." She is something else. I love her. I mean, I know that we said we were going to be selfish, Lottie, but we do try and help people. We do. We do indeed try and help people. And try is really the operative word there because we don't know how helpful we are. We, I mean, we know we're annoying, but we don't know if we're <laughs> helpful. We might be helpfully annoying. We might maybe. be. But um, we do actually have a problem shared and we thought we'd kick off this show with our problem shared, which we normally do at the end of the show. But, you know, it's our show. We can do what we like Why with not? it. So um, we had this problem and I, I actually... I kind of relate to this one, and I wonder if you do too, Stu. Um, okay, I haven't seen this one. So you okay, read it I'll me. read it out. It's from someone that calls themselves Carl, though I'm not sure that's his real name. Why? Do you not think Carl's a real name? Well, he says, you can call me Carl, so... I don't know any Carl. I don't know any Carls. I don't think it's neighbors. a friend of yours, babe. I think it's some okay. like an actual listener. Okay. No, but I mean just like maybe Carl is dying out as a name, like Gary is. Anyway, this is Carl's problem. Anyway, sorry, digress. Sorry, Carl. Sorry, Carl. So he says, since adopting our two kids, my boyfriend and I have felt really left out of our friendship group of mainly single gay men. Yes, welcome to my life, Carl. They came and met the kids, but they don't really seem interested in building a relationship with them. Our friendship was really built around nightlife, and now we just can't go out like we used to. We feel like we're going to lose all of our friends. What should we do? Ooh... I mean, the simplest thing is to well, say get more, get more friends, get different friends, well, get, get different friends. Because I'm a great believer. You have, I think, you have friends in your life that you do different things with. Maybe all you used to do was go out and have a good time. I mean, great for you. I'm quite jealous. But if that was your life, then now you've got kids. Maybe it's started. I don't know how old they did. He did Carl say how old since adopting the kids are? our two kids? No, I don't know. I don't get the feeling they're baby babies, but who knows? No, because I think school, depending on the types of parents that you've got at the school, that sometimes can be a great way of meeting other fellow like-minded parents, whether you actually like them Mm. or not. Okay, so advice one, get get some new parent friends. But I would also say don't give up on your existing friends because they're really important to you and that side of you that did Mm. used to go out and did party a lot is still you and is still important to you and maybe when your kids have been with you for a little bit longer you'll feel comfortable getting a babysitter and exploring that side of yourself and your life again with your friends so I feel like you need to have a bit of a conversation with your friends and say to them don't forget about us just because we're parents we still want to be included like you could still invite us out to stuff even if we can't come it's nice to be invited but you might also have a bit of a heart to heart with them and say look the kids are in my life you're a great friend I'd really like you to be a part of their lives and you know do some things with us and get to know them and get to know us as parents and I think if they're really really not up for getting to know that side of your life I do wonder how good they are as friends. I have a lot of single gay male friends and definitely when our daughter was born, they all came to visit and then there was sort of a drop off. It was like everybody came and visited and then that was great. And then there was definitely like a, 
a lull where we weren't really invited to stuff and nobody made a huge amount of effort. But I think that that's that's normal, right? I think that's normal. I think that happens. I don't think that's a exclusively queer thing either. I think that probably happens to a quite a lot of straight people, I'd imagine, as well, because they have children at different times as well. Everybody has children at different stages in their lives. And there's always going to be people who are at various stages of the life or may just stay in that stage of the life. I think the key thing as well is that not everyone likes children. That that's is true. Enough. That you is know? true. I don't like my own sometimes, but, you know, I love them. But <laughs> did, did you have it, Stu? Did you notice any friends kind of drop off the radar well, a bit when you adopted Well, like I've said before, I, I was never really like a going out gay. I was always, I think because I met John when I was 21, I always didn't have that kind of like crazy party group of friends and the group of friends that I had then and kind of still do either love kids or have had their own kids so I've never really pretty much about the same time as well so I've never really had that um either and I think what you were saying as well about don't give up on them I think I mean do invite them to things obviously but I wouldn't also I wouldn't take it to heart if they don't want to get involved too much with your kid. Because like I said, not everybody does love kids. I guess it just depends on the person. Like part of me is feeling like maybe they're just not great people to have as friends if all they, if all that there is in the friendship for them is going out clubbing together and now they're not interested at all. Like that makes me think that maybe they yeah. weren't the greatest friends in the first place. But I don't know. Like we, Carl, sorry. Like you'd need to tell us more. But I think Carl maybe just just lose them. Do you think <laughs> you're just bored and want to move on now? You're like Carl. I've gone sorry. back. I've gone back. Just find some new friends. I think have fun with your old friends. I think Stu's right. Accept that not everyone likes kids and it's totally fine if they don't want to come to like your kids' birthday parties or play stand around in cold playgrounds with you and do all of that stuff. That's totally fine. But maybe there's some things that are kind of a compromise, like you could bring the kids to a pub or something at the weekend or... To a dark room. <laughs> I just heard on the radio <laughs> the other day that some straight couple and like... I, I must say I was very judgmental about this, took their baby to Pasha in Ibiza and left their baby in the cloakroom with the cloakroom attendants while they went what? partying in Pasha. So don't That's do that. Insane. Oh, I no, don't, don't know, do Carl. That. I feel like only you know the answer to this problem. I hope we've That's helped. really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredibly helpful. No, I think we were helpful. So it was just accept the fact that not everyone likes kids. Yeah. Maybe just try and expand your horizon a bit more of other, yeah, you know, make some other other parents. And, and... Oh, and don't be afraid to still go out partying with them. Yes. You know, that if there's two of you, which, yeah, there are, you and your boyfriend, then, you know, one of you stays in and the other one goes out and parties with the old friends. Yeah, fine. Do it. I'll come with as well. Yeah. Can we go back to talking about ourselves now? <laughs> We're just so selfless, we aren't are. we? Really. We are. But anyway, how have you been, Lottie? What have you been up to? Well, um, I was really smug 
at the beginning of the Easter holidays when we when we last spoke, Stu, because my wife was taking my daughter to France oh, for yes. the Easter holidays and I was going to have a week on my own at home. And I'd made all these plans. I was going to write my novel. I was going to see loads of friends. And I was waved them off to Gatwick Airport on the train. And I'd got myself a little meal deal from Marks and Spencers and a bottle really of wine. And I was out. just <laughs> pouring myself a glass of wine. I was settling in for the evening. It must have been about seven o'clock, just about when they were supposed to be taking off. And I get a phone call from my wife saying they've been turned away at the gate of the plane because her passport wasn't valid and there was absolutely nothing they could do about it they just had to come home so i want to know what why was the passport because it was it had expired right so this i feel is important she still had seven months left on her passport okay but it's an eu brexit thing if your passport is issued over 10 years ago it is not valid to travel in Europe. She had just travelled to the United States like three days prior on it and was absolutely fine. So my daughter was crying. She was pleading with the um, EasyJet personnel at the gate saying, look at my face, there's tears, look at this tear. And then she was growling at them, (sighs) she told me, and then she She was hissing at them. And then she told them all that they were all going to prison. But <gasps> it did, didn't help. They still got escorted off out of the um, airport back into the check-in area where they then had to wait two and a half hours for their luggage to be re- returned to them from the plane. Oh, my God. And then they had to get the train. And so I met them at London Bridge at midnight, just like, oh, God, now what? Now you ruined my me, my M and S. I know. Deal. I was really trying to be like, oh no, poor you, so awful, so awful. And all the time, I was like, but what about me? What about my plans? <laughs> and so we ended up having a week with like trying to muddle along with work and no childcare, no plans. Um, so it was a bit of a mess, to be honest. But we got through it. And I actually think that my daughter learned a really important lesson because she's really not used to things not going her way. Mm. You know, she really, like, if I think about her life, because she's an only child and because me and my wife are just ridiculous, she pretty much gets, like, everything she wants when she wants it. So this was a really good lesson for her to, that there is a note. And you don't need to, and you don't need to hiss about it. <laughs> yeah, and in just like resilience and bouncing back, and like it will be okay. It's not the end of the world. We'll do something else nice, and so I feel like that was a positive we could take from it. But how about you, Stu? I feel like you've been biting your tongue, desperate to tell what, me to talk something. about. Like, you've got me. that look in. You've got that look <laughs> on your face. No, we've had. It's been okay, actually. I mean, we've we went to the Isle of Wight. It was very nice. Um, we were with the in-laws, Lovely. which was testing at times, but um, mm-hmm. we got through it. We did, apart from my mother-in-law giving our puppies ginger nuts and lots of other random food, especially as well because our dogs, and actually this is something I wanted to talk to you about. So our dogs have just come into season a few weeks ago. So they've had their first season and what that sparked was a really interesting conversation between my daughter and I about what periods are. Ooh, so okay, interesting. My daughter's seven, 
So she's got a few more years potentially to before she starts. And so it was just one of those things where we were walking the dogs and actually we just started talking about it. And it was a really one of those moments where it, a conversation, not that you've been dreading, but a conversation maybe you've been slightly fearful of or or been thinking about, mm. it just kind of like came out. And it was so lovely, just you, her and I just having this chat. And actually what, oh, what so it nice. did turn into, which I thought was really interesting, is we started talking, because she asked a question about... What was it? She asked the question about if her brothers would have periods. And I said no. And it just opened the door, I felt, I felt to have the conversation about trans parents or trans people and mm. what the right terminology is because I wasn't just going to sit around and tell her that, no, only girls and women have periods because... Contrary to what J.K. Rowling believes, that's not the truth. And actually, after we had the chat, it was so beautiful. I had a, I, I recorded a little bit with her. Shall I play it for you now? Oh, yeah, let's listen to it. So we were just talking about wombs and periods, weren't we? Yes. Yeah. And what were we then saying about my friend Freddie? Talking about womb. Was it the word? Yeah, wombs. Oh, yeah. And what was I saying about my friend Freddie? Um, that that he was born a girl, but he didn't know if he was a boy or a girl when he was a baby. But as he grew, he knew he was always a boy. That's right. So he's transgender, isn't he? Yeah. And then what did Freddie do when he was older? He had two babies. He had two babies because he grew them in his. Woody. Was it? No, 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 forgot. In his. Womb. Oh, yeah, that's it. Womb. Womb. You also asked, didn't you, if Freddie has a nage, which is your word for a vagina, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I, what did I say? We don't know because that's his private parts. Exactly. And that's nobody's business but Freddie's, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What's a vagina? Right. We'll chat about that now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And so I sent that listener to Freddie afterwards as well and had a chat to Freddie. And I think what's so nice is that it's so easy to talk to kids about these things. So I just, I, if there was anything to take out of it, is I think don't be afraid to have mm. those conversations with That's kids. beautiful. I think they're more resilient and know things more than you know. Yeah, definitely. I love that conversation and I can't wait to chat more to your daughter. Maybe with my daughter as well about such things because it's always so beautiful and illuminating. And I think especially now with all of this rhetoric in the media about you know, the trans problem and the trans issue and corrupting children and grooming children. It's like, if you actually talk to children, they just get it and it's really straightforward mm. and it doesn't mean they're suddenly like, oh, but what's a mum and a dad and what's a boy? You know, they exactly. still get that this is just another way of being. It's not the only way of being. They totally understand it. So I think we need to definitely be having 
more of these kind of conversations with our with our kids. A hundred percent. And if it means my daughter's going to grow up and be a lot more understanding of people and supportive of people, and and welcome people into her life, then hell yes, I'm going to do that and have those conversations because I think ultimately it'll make her a better person. It will give her more emotional intelligence, which I already think she has in bucket loads. Well, the conversation that I've been having with my daughter, I feel a little bit, well, I feel a bit, a little bit less equipped to deal with what's been coming up for us recently, which is death and dying. I feel like gender, right. sexuality, gayness, queerness, <laughs> like we have had some of those conversations. I know what I'm saying. Like, it's all great. When she said to me the other night as I was tucking her in, who's going to die first, you or mummy? I was just a bit like, oh, oh my God. God. What did you say? Oh, I think I honestly sort of panicked and was just said something along the lines of like, oh, don't, neither of us, it's nothing to, don't think about that now when you're going to bed. Look at this lovely book or like just completely change the subject. Like I didn't Hmm. do what you're supposed to do, which is probably like, oh, let's take this as a really important learning opportunity. I just didn't feel ready, probably because like in my own life, dealing with the possibilities of death is quite uh, something that's present in my life at the moment um, anyway and kind of personally didn't really want to think about it or talk about it. So mm. it sort of floored me a bit. Which is understandable. And I just don't, I don't want her to be worrying about it. I remember really worrying about my parents dying when I was little and like going to sleep at night and just it going round and round in my head that they were going to die and not be here and who would look oh. after me. And I just really want to protect her from that for so long. But like, you can't escape But did it. you have, to throw it back then, did you have anybody that talked to you about death? Maybe your daughter's got that going through her head and actually what she needs is for you to to talk to yeah. her about it. Yeah, to not be scared yeah. of it because I think my mum has always been really scared of dying and talking about death and it's not been a conversation that she's ever wanted to have. I feel like it would have been beneficial for me to have had like better conversations about death when I was younger and to not be scared of it like of course it's always a scary Mm. thing but like if there could have been a bit of like Buddhism or some like nice way of thinking about death that wasn't so scary I think that would have probably really benefited me as an adult so I know there's a book actually I need to I was just gonna say I was like a hundred percent I know that there'll be a book because that is always the best best way totally there's that nice book actually a queer kids book called granddad's camper have you got that one it's about a gay granddad whose partner husband whatever has died and he's reflecting over his life with his with and we do read that but then it's like well at the end of it then when she says who's gonna die first you or mummy like what what would you say i think you'd just say well you you don't know that's the the thing with death you don't know who who it's gonna come to and when so we just have to enjoy it's so scary to say that you don't know who it's gonna come to or when it's gonna <laughs> no, come. Say like, it like that it could be either <laughs> I, I was trying to be reassuring. I was trying to. Okay. I mean, we we talked we talk quite a lot about death in our house because 
because of our you two lost dogs, your dogs dying. Didn't you? Yeah. And that has been a real, I think, a game changer in you know, and the kids were so the kids were so matter of fact when the dogs died. And John and I had had these dogs for 16 years. And we were devastated. We were sobbing every time we'd think about them. We were absolutely in tears. And the kids were like, well, one of them turned around to me when I was sobbing, when I was trying to tell them that we were going to have to put one of them down the next day. And he just came and sat and he, he put his hand on my knee and he just went, well, daddy, it means that you'll have one less to look after. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> just so matter of fact. And I was like, oh well, God, yes, I love you that. are, you are, you are quite right. And they would go up to people in the street and be like, our dog's dead. <laughs> dead. <laughs> and it's gone to heaven. Now, I find the idea of heaven, talking about heaven quite interesting with kids because I don't have a religion and I don't, I don't no. believe. Whilst I would like to think there's something out afterwards, but that's the thing I always say to the kids. We always talk about the dogs in heaven or, you know, nanny and granddad will go to heaven or, you well, know, all yeah. those kind of things. It's exactly. Becomes, yeah. And I know that that is sort of something that the kids talk about amongst themselves because I've heard in the playground picking her up, another little friend of hers say, my granny's gone to heaven. And then my daughter's saying, what's heaven? And then them saying, oh, that's where you go when you die. So like, I don't, I'm not religious and I don't believe in heaven, but I don't, but that's maybe quite a nice way for children to think about going. Because I just think the idea that you're just gone is like completely mm, inconceivable. That's scary. It's inconceivable yeah, that's scary. to me, let alone to a five-year-old. So like to think that there's like this lovely place of fluffy clouds and, you know, everything you've ever wanted is where you go when you die is probably quite nice. But also I don't want to like lie. I don't know. Listener, if you've got any ideas, any book mm, recommendations, any thoughts on this us. subject, let us know. But I feel like we've gone into a bit of Debbie Downer death vibes maybe maybe we should we should lighten things up by a little well um, well do you know what do you know what before we do though the one thing that the kids do say to us quite a lot is they go they go daddy when you're dead i'm gonna have a lovely house with lots of things and i'm gonna cook dinner for my own children when you're dead oh yeah okay actually my daughter says similar (laughs) things she'll say to me like can i have that when you're dead or like (laughs) my she'll go um my friend X at school said I can have all her drawings when she dies. And I'm like, wow, okay. Great. I'm really glad we've got that sorted. Have yeah. you got have you got the legalities of that? Written yeah, down? I know, exactly. Did anyone witness it? Yeah. Did anyone witness it? Is what you need to say to her. But anyway, yes, what were you gonna say? How I was can we say, lighten let's the mood? lighten the mood with some some queer reality TV news, which I'm yes. just loving. Two well, I know shows, that there's one right? that you're yeah, one you're excited so about, one I'm excited I'll about. I'll tell you about the one I'm excited about, which okay, is you, lesbian you drama is coming to is it Netflix? I'll have to check that. I think, yes, it's coming to Netflix. Um, It's called The Ultimatum, and it's one of the first lesbian dating shows. And uh, the I read this article about it where instead of, they, they were saying that instead of the saying love is love, with this show, mess is mess. And oh. <laughs> basically... <laughs> Um, So The Ultimatum, it will feature entirely women and non-binary people. And the idea is that one person in a couple is ready to settle down and the other still wants to be a free agent. So they're dipped in the waters of temptation by being surrounded by other sexy couples in the same predicament. So um, they basically get sent off to like, I don't know what, an island, a resort or whatever, 
with one person that just basically like doesn't want to be in the relationship and one person that does. And I've seen this clip of it where this woman's like, you said you wanted to marry me, but you fell in love with someone else in a week and a half. <laughs> oh my God, mess so, is mess. Yeah, I'm looking I'm forward to this. very excited to show the world what messy, messy gays queer people can be. And that's coming in May, right? Yeah, May 24th, so not too long, just in time so not for my long birthday. To wait. Yeah. Okay, we need to do some fun things for that. But then also, you know, you wait for a bus and then two come <laughs> along at once. The UK's first gay dating show is coming, which I'm very excited about because I I don't watch Love Island. I'm not into Love Island or anything like that at all. But it's so hetero, isn't it, Love Island? Oh, it's yeah, got totally. such a it's so and everyone loves it. And I always feel I'm not part of the like the zeitgeist conversation because I just don't watch it. So what's the premise of this show? It's so the I premise of this boy, one, right? so it's called I Kissed a Boy. It's hosted by Danny Minogue. I mean, come on, it's already got a massive gay tick there. you get any gayer? Yeah. I know. Well, it could be Kylie. But anyway, Danny, Danny will <laughs> do. We love- I feel like Danny's <laughs> even more camp because she's not Kylie. She is. Like, that's partly why she's so camp. Yeah, this is true. I mean, Put the Needle on It is one of the best songs of all time, right? One of the queer anthems. Oh, yeah. And the BBC say... It's loud, it's proud, and it all starts with a kiss. So they fly in pop icon Danny Minogue to play Cupid, and it's the party you don't want to miss. Ten single guys are matched up and meet for the first time with a kiss. No small talk, no messages, just one kiss to test out their chemistry straight away. Will it be a polite peck or a passionate snog? And ultimately, (laughs) will that first kiss lead to love? Oh, my God. Apparently, it's packed with explosive drama, and it's I all in a villa is. in the sun. I mean, where this do I sign amazing. up? I'd quite like to. I'd like to quite like um, to go in. Yeah, can't <laughs> wait for both of those shows. We're going to be big fans. I actually really love the premise of um, it as well because that's how John and I first met. When we first met, we were in Candy Bar, and we didn't even know each other's name or say hello. We just started kissing, and then oh, here we are, so almost twenty years later still together so maybe it does indeed start with a kiss but yes listener we hope you have enjoyed listening to us rabbit on this episode um we will be back next episode with a fantastic guest who if all of this talk of kissing and sexy people in islands doing sexy things has interested you we will be back next week with a a guest who is actually an amazing sex therapist and writer who is going to be talking to us all about how to keep the spark alive or how you know we negotiate intimacy when we become queer parents so do check that episode out and if you've got anything that you'd like to say to us then of course you can always leave us a voice note on speak five we'll uh, we'll drop the link to that in the uh, show notes um, oh, I've just been distracted as somebody is putting up a vote green outside. Don't forget to vote, people. I'm just oh, yeah. adding that into the last last little bit. Yeah. Regional voting. Don't forget to vote. And yeah, keep in touch and let us know if you enjoyed this show, please. And we will soon be having our book out. So please pre-order it. It's, uh, we've got our first copies. It's amazing. It's very yellow. It will look great on your coffee table. It's available at all good bookshops. So please do check it out. It's called Queer Parent. You can just Google it and buy it. Thank you. See you next week. Bye. Bye.